This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Good morning everyone. God bless you. Thank God for another day, another opportunity to fellowship together. Lift up your hands and just bless the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. Oh, we honor you, eternal Father. We worship you. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you for the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for the ability supplied by the Spirit of God as we look into your word this morning. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of you so that the eyes of our understanding are further enlightened by the Spirit of God. Blessed be your name, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we are doing this morning is a kind of Bible study. We want to look at what happens in the realm of the Spirit when we pray. So we are looking at this subject, angels, demons, and praying saints under the topic spiritual warfare. What is spiritual warfare? From the word of God, and we have to look at these other guys that are involved apart from human beings praying on the face of the earth. So when we pray, what happens in the realm of the spirits? And that's what we'll look at, and then we are starting, to, definitely we cannot finish today, but we will start by the grace of God today. So we are starting. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6 as our foundational scripture. Ephesians 6 is a well-known scripture in the Bible. Ephesians 6, 12, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So, we are wrestling, but it's not against flesh and blood. There is a fight going on, and mortal men are not our enemies. Revelation chapter 12. We'll come back to this in a while. Revelation 12, and we'll begin to run. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 7. The Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Now, in our study, we are going to get to did this war take place in first heaven, second heaven, or third heaven? Or is this war yet to take place? Remember, this is a revelation given to John. But that is not what we are looking at today. But just to say, there was war in heaven. And the Bible says, who were the fighters? Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. So, there are two uh, groups of people here. You have Michael and his angels. You have the dragon and his angels. The dragon, of course, is Lucifer. So we have Michael and the host of heaven on one side. We have Lucifer, the dragon, and his angels. So the Bible makes us understand here that the dragon also has angels under him. Who are these two groups? And this is where we want to begin our study from. Because whatever we are doing and whatever is going on on the face of the earth is actually as a result. And we're going to see that later in Daniel chapter 10. It's a please pay attention. This is very important because it will help our intercession. It will help us to be conscious of what goes on in the unseen realm. Hallelujah. So, Michael and his angels. The dragon and his angels. Let's identify these two guys. Let's start with the dragon and his angels. So we read in Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the Bible gives us an insight into the divisions of the army of Satan. The dragon and his angels. So we have four classes listed. Please pay attention in Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Class 1 or category 1. Against power, two, against rulers of darkness of this world, and against wicked spirit in the heavenlies. Why? What these guys? Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world. 
spiritual wicked or wicked spirit in heavenly places. Those are the uh, categories of the army of the wicked one listed. But then also there is also what is called falling. No, the Bible says Revelation chapter 12. If we start from that beginning, the Bible says that when the dragon was coming, said a sign appeared, a dragon, and it says he still drew one third of the host of heaven. So this one third, so when Lucifer rebelled against the father, and then one third of the angels followed him. Those one third are the guys who just read about now. So they have their division in form of principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, and wicked spirits in heavenly places. Hallelujah. I want to show you another group under Satan's division, but that is yet to manifest on the face of the earth. Jude chapter 1 verse 6. Jude 1 6. This is actually for those who are very deep. The Bible says, And the angels which kept not their first estates, but left their own habitation, he had reserved in everlasting chains, under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. So, the Bible is telling us again that there is another group, angels that kept not their former estates. I believe, this is talking about the angels that, you know, the rebellion of Lucifer, please pay attention, took place before the fall of man. Before the creation of man. So Lucifer was thrown down and scholars believe that that must have been the reason why darkness was upon the face of the earth. And you will agree that God wouldn't create an earth that was formless and shapeless. So when Lucifer was thrown to the earth, scholars have told us that it created a kind of devastation on earth. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now verse 2 says, and the earth was void and darkness was upon the field. I don't believe God created heaven and earth to be formless, to be shapeless. God created heaven and earth. Everything from God is always beautiful. When he did, and Lucifer was thrown down, then chaos started. Then darkness prevailed upon the face of the earth. But then, that's on one side. So, uh, Lucifer rebelled and fell before man was created. But remember that in Genesis chapter 6, so Lucifer took one third of the angels that, that we call uh, uh, um, principalities, power rulers of darkness of this world and wicked spirits in heavenly places. He took them down before the creation of man. But then in Genesis chapter 6, another group of angels fell again. The Bible says, if you remember, then when men began to multiply on the, on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God came down and married the daughters of men. This must have been the angels being referred to now in Jude chapter 1. The angels that left their former estate. This one did not live with Lucifer. They left after Lucifer left. They left out of lust for women on the face of the earth. The Bible said those ones are not among the class of principalities, power, rulers of God. The Bible said they are kept in chains under darkness. You see it here? Verse 6. They are kept in chains until the time of the judgment. So those ones are not operating on the face of the earth now. They are kept in chain under darkness. They will be released from April when the time comes. But for now, it's not their time. So that's another group of demons that will walk, maybe after rapture, will walk with Lucifer just to put them under him. Now, where do demons fall into? Now, this is a, another theological debate among scholars about origin of demons. Because demons are not these listed ones. Even though they are all hosts of darkness. So some scholars believe, I sincerely I don't have an answer for this. Some scholars believe that demons are the disembodied spirits of the first creation before Adam. We'll get into all that just to let you know that we have demons. So if that uh, uh, theory is true, we have demons, we have principalities, power, rulers of darkness of this world, wicked spirits in heavenly places, then we have fallen angels. Who are reserved in chain as the host of darkness together, all of them working with Lucifer. Those who will be released and those who are already are released. Hallelujah. Now, on the other side, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, when we get to the book of Daniel and we begin to study, you will discover that there are three heavens at least. Let me say that right here before we move to angels, because the conflict, the that's why they are called wicked spirits in heavenly places. It's not this first heaven that you see, this atmosphere. So you know, in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, 
Apostle Paul talked about the fact that a man that was caught up to third heaven. Logically, if we have third heaven, then we must have first heaven and then we must have second heaven. Okay, let's read First Corinthians 12 and then we also see something from, in out of the mouth of two or three scriptures, every truth must be established. So, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Apostle Paul said, whether he's talking about himself or someone else, we don't know, but we think he's talking about himself. He said, it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or out of the body I cannot tell, such one was caught up to third heaven. And then he started talking about the fact that I knew a man, whether in body I can say, how he was caught up as well into paradise. So now, this gives two revelations. Number one, there is third heaven. And number two, that third heaven is God's heaven. Because the man heard the things of God in third heaven. So definitely, there is third heaven. Secondly, third heaven does not belong to Satan. So where does it belong to? That's why if you read Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in plural. And then when Peter talked about it also, he said the heavens of old. So plural. So that means the Bible clearly teaches that there, there is more than one heaven. So God created the heavens and the earth. So if Apostle Paul by revelation is saying that the third heaven is paradise where God dwells, then the second heaven, then the first heaven is this one that is above us, physical heaven, the planetary but whatever, the heavenly bodies, that. But then the second heaven is the realm of the spirit where the wicked spirit in heavenly places, that's where they dwell. So there are demonic forces operating on the earth. But they receive instruction from wicked spirits in heavenly places that we are going to see later in Daniel. Because the story illustrates it very, clear, very clearly. When, the, uh, Mike, when an, an angel Gabriel was bringing a message to come and give Daniel, and then the prince of Pasha withstood him. So the, Gabriel is the angel that comes from the presence of God. So he was coming from third heaven, where God released an answer for Daniel. But then when he got to second heaven, because to come from third heaven to the earth, you must pass to the second heaven. Then he met the prince of Pasha there. A demonic principality or wicked spirit in heavenly places ruling over the Pasha empire at that time. One of the things why we need to learn this is to understand that things happening on earth are being controlled by what is going on in the heavenlies. Cannot Christians cannot understand this. That's what the Bible said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. If you don't know this, you will fight men. You will blame men. You will attack men. Not knowing the orchestrations are being made from the realm of the spirits. Glory to God. Before we read Daniel, so let's look at the good guys. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. So we have the host of darkness wrecking havoc on earth. And the Bible says that Lucifer knows that his time is short. So these guys are working hard. Wicked spirits in heavenly places. So if you have the prince of Persia, he must have been under the category of that highest level. Wicked spirits in heavenly places. So prince of Persia, a demonic spirit in charge of Persia. Every nation, every nation on earth is being governed by one of these spirits. Satan makes sure that there is a demonic spirit or there is a wicked spirit in every in charge of each nation. In charge of continents. They don't have equal authority. Some of them are in charge of principalities, in charge of areas, states, zones, and some of them are in charge of families. That's what the Bible said. So when we set out to do anything as believers, there is a fight in the realm of the spirit when you pray between the host of heaven and this demonic spirit. So Daniel was fasting for 21 days and God allowed him to see into what was happening as he was praying. The angel arrived. And we are going to get to this in a while. But let's look at the good guys first. Hallelujah. So we also have classes of angels. Now there are speculations, but I love to stay with the Bible. So, how many classes of angels do we have? It depends on who is categorizing them. Scholars have different ways of looking at it. But I will go by what is biblically revealed in the scripture. So, first of all, we have archangels. We don't know how many archangels that we have. But we know the name of at least one of them. Michael. Now, is Gabriel an archangel? 
there is no direct scripture per se except that if you read Daniel chapter 10 verse 13 and I want us to read I'm sure somebody's enjoying this right <laughs> amen Daniel chapter 10 verse 13 the Bible says but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty-one days but lo Michael one of the chief princes came to help me so the Bible is saying that Michael one of the chief princes not the only chief prince one of the chief princes but we don't know the rest and we don't know how many of them Jude chapter 1 verse 9 talks about the fact that Archangel Michael did not bring an accusation against Lucifer so we also know from Luke because the word Gabriel Gabriel is mentioned four times in the Bible two times in Daniel and two times in the book of Luke he brought a message to Zechariah and Zechariah became dumb because he wouldn't believe on time and then of course he brought a message to uh, 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 Elizabeth to Mary also about Jesus Christ that's Luke 1 19 and Luke 1 26 those are two places and then in the book of Daniel that so Gabriel is mentioned about four times in the Bible I think about four times in the Bible so we uh, don't know we know that it's one of the uh, angels standing before God to bring mercy to the face of the earth but whether it's an archangel or not I will not presumptuously say it because the archangel that word archangel was attached only to Michael and the Bible said there are others but their names not mentioned but definitely Gabriel stands in another rank if they categorize him biblically or by some scholars they say it's an archangel I will accept because he, he seems to show the attributes of an archangel but then let's just put it that way so we have archangel then we have another category of angel we have cherubim and this is also where people differ we have cherubims they are mentioned in Revelation chapter 4 and then in Ezekiel chapter 10 I want us to read these two places I have the tendency of quoting but I it's good when we do Bible study for us to to read if I quote we forget but if we read it together you stand a better chance of remembering Revelation chapter 4 I want us to read the Bible says after this I looked or John saw heaven and then verse 6 and before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal and in the midst of the throne and about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind and the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf and the third beast had a face of a man and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle i don't know whether you really want to see these guys <laughs> amen <laughs> and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying only only is the lord almighty living creatures cherubs now let's read again about them in ezekiel chapter 10. now why he said that scholars differ a little is because uh, some believe that living creatures are different from cherubs why some believe that they are the same being and the reason for the difference i will explain when we read Daniel Ezekiel 10 now Ezekiel 10 14 let's read and every one of them if we start from let's start from verse 9 and when I look behold four wheels by the cherubim one wheel by one cherub and another wheel by another cherub and the appearance of the wheel was the color of berries berry stone as for the appearance the four are likeness as if a wheel that had been in the midst of a wheel when they went they went upon their four sides. They turned not as they went, but the place whither they went, they looked straight and followed. Their body and their whole body and their back and their hands and their wings and their were full of eyes round about, even the will as they have four of them. As for the will, it cried unto them in my hearing, O will. Verse 14, where, where I'm going. Every one of them had four faces. They forced the face that was a face of a cherub. Now, this is where the difference is in revelation chapter 4 the bible says that one of them had the face of a lion another one the face of an eagle another one the face of a man and the third one the face of a calf ox now in ezekiel 10 the bible is saying that each one had four faces that ezekiel saw 
So in Revelation, one face per beam. In Ezekiel, each beam, four faces. Now what scholars argue about is, uh, did John explain it like saying, uh, he could only see a direction of each face, or, is, or there are two different beings, living creatures, with one having a face of a lion, another one having a face of ox, different from cherubims, each one having four faces each. Who is right, who is wrong, I don't know. But we know there are living creatures and there are cherubs. So, so when you hear some classify them as living creatures different from cherubs, they have their points. And when some put them together, they have their points also. But I just want to say, we have archangels. We have cherubs. Cherubims. What's the next one? Seraphims. Isaiah chapter 6. Now, it's good to say that cherubs, seraphim, they deal with heavenly stuff. They protect the throne. Um, it does not look as if they have much assignment towards human beings. So, but let's read. But it's just good to understand what the Bible says about them. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 2. Now, let's start from verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. I am lifted up, and his strength filled the temple. And above his stood seraphim. Each one has six wings. With two. That's twin. That's two. He covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he did fly. And one cry, one other. Only, only is the Lord of hosts. So, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Now, these are seraphims. Different from cherubims. And the Bible mentions them like that. The Bible calls the first type of being that we read about cherubims. It calls this one seraphims. Both cherubims and seraphims, they seem to praise the glory of God and protect and worship his majesty. That seems to be the assignment. So, they are around the throne of God, worshipping. So, let's go again. We have archangels. We have cherubims. We have seraphims. Then we have angels. And angels appeared several in the Bible. Many of them without wings. Contrary to the pictures that we have seen. Hallelujah. So, there are angels that did not fit into any of this category. They are simply called by the Bible or by the word of God angels. And they appear severally in the Bible. Severally in the Bible. They appear to the mother of something. They appear to several people in the Bible. Now they seem to be performing different tasks. Some of them, like we read in Revelation chapter 12, are for warfare. They fight. Some of them are for worship. They worship. Why some of them are for, they bring words. Word. They run errands. Gabriel seems to be in charge. He seems to be in charge of those who run errands, who bring messages. Michael seems to be in charge of those who fight. And then the children and the seraphim, they worship. So we have classes of angels, but we seem to have just about three functions. Worship, war, and word. Bringing words to men. Hallelujah. Remember one wrestle with Jacob overnight. While we start, the Bible says that angels of the Lord encounter around those who fear him and they deliver them. Hebrews chapter 1 says that they are ministering spirits sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. That's the assignment. Call to minister. So I have tried to show us. We will look into several examples in the days to come. But just to let us know that there are angels and there are uh, fallen angels and there are angels of God. And then there are God's angels and there are Lucifer and his angels. So we have them. Amen. That's the first part of this study. Let's move on. Daniel chapter 10. So I will say that. Let's read. If you are watching, and you have questions, you can send them. I will give my mail after this meeting. Glory to God. Daniel chapter 10. Let's read Daniel 10. Now, this fits what's going on in the world right now. I know that angelic activities are multiplying. So also demonic activities in these last days. Now, the Bible says, in the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, 
a thing was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full, full weeks. I had no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all three whole weeks. And in the four and twenty-eighth day, that's of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is Edekel. Then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in Ninel, whose land was gathered with fine gold and offers. His body was like burial, and his face as the appearance of lightning. His eyes as lamb, lamps of fire, and his arms and feet like coals to polish by brass. The voice of his word like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men that were with me saw not the vision because a great quaking fell upon them, so they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone. Verse 9, I heard the voice of his words. When I heard the voice of his word, then I was in a deep sleep on my face, and my face towards the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, and set me upon my nails, and upon the palms of my hands. I want to say this by the Spirit. Somebody will begin to have experiences like this. Of seeing into the realm of the spirit. It's for a reason. I just received that word right now. So this happened to Daniel. He said, He had touched me at verse 11. And he said, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. Stand upon your feet. He said, Fear not. Now, this is very powerful. Verse 12. This is where we are going. Please pay attention. This will also answer many questions. Why people pray and there seem to be delayed. Jesus said, knock, the door shall be opened. Ask and you shall receive. So everyone that asks to receive it. But why does it seem that at times people pray? Oh, Lekus. There are Christians who wonder that people have prayed about Nigeria over and over again. What is going on? Receive understanding from the scripture. That's what the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. Now look at verse 12. Then said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day Oh my God. From the first day that thou said thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord, thy words were heard, and I am called for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Pasha withstood me 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me and remain with the king of Pasha. Now I am come to make you understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. Hmm. Verse 20. Let me skip a little. Then he said, Knowest therefore why I come unto thee. Now will I return to fight the prince of Persia. When I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Gracia shall come. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture. There is none that ordered it with me these things, but Michael, your prince. What's the meaning of this? As soon as the angel arrived, the first thing he said, and that's Gabriel, the first thing he said to Daniel, he said from the first day that you began to fast and pray, God heard and sent the answer. He said, but you have been fasting for 21 days waiting for the answer. The answer came on the first day, or God sent me. He said, but I was trapped. As I was coming from the third heaven with the answer to your prayer, a demonic spirit called Prince of Persia. Because remember, as at this time, the Persians were ruling the world. This will let people understand how the realm of the spirit is like. If you know the history of the world, Daniel was captured by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. So the Babylonian empire was ruling the world then. They were in charge. So the Babylonian empire was in charge of the world. Then Belshazzar in Daniel chapter 5 became king after his father. And you remember when the finger wrote on the wall. And then Belshazzar was murdered the night that the finger wrote on the wall. Mene, mene, take care of sin. When the, a word came to that, God has numbered your days and he has brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the this, on this scale. And you'll be fine to the one thing. Today, your kingdom will be taken away from you. And to be given to the Medes and Persian. That's Daniel chapter 5. So the Medes came in. 
Darius became king from Medopasia and was a king. So this vision that Daniel saw happened between the time Darius was king and Cyrus was king. And the two guys are from Medopasia. So the Persians were ruling the world that time. So you understand why Persian had power over Babylon. Because in the realm of the spirit, the Babylonian prince was dislodged and the, Greek, the Persian prince became the principality. When you see what is happening on earth, it's a reflection of what has taken place in the realm of the spirit. When saints start praying, what happens for us to have a breakthrough, to have a revival, to have a mighty move of the spirit in the city, is that the demonic entities in the heavenly realms over that city, they have to be dislodged first. Glory to God. I, I, oh, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I, many times I refrain, I restrain myself from sharing personal revelation, but all the group of the the group of people praying with us in Abel Guta, they will because I shared with the leaders, the top leaders of people praying in the city. As we're praying to have our last meeting in Abel Kuta, by the way, by the grace of which was a city-wide meeting, Satan doesn't joke with things like that. I went for a prayer meeting in the city, the last prayer meeting towards the program. I was feeling praying and physically I was feeling very, very terrible. And I go to the room about 3 a.m. in the morning. By my, my last, my friends came to see me and they left around to 12. They left the room around to 12. And then I told them, I waved them bye bye, I escorted them to their car. I was staying in one hotel there, so I was walking around the hotel praying. Then I go back to the room, I still felt the urge to continue praying. So I prayed till about one and I went to sleep. By around 3 a.m., this being walked into the room. The room was filled with darkness. But the Lord must have led me to pray to deal with it. The whole thing lasted just about 7 to 10 minutes. But glory to God, when the being left the room, I saw darkness in the room. I just knew that we we're going to have a landslide meeting in the city. And that was what happened. You cannot experience a mighty move on earth without dealing with the spirits. Daniel was bringing, what the answer he was bringing for Daniel had to do with Israel leaving that place. And the priest of Pasha said that no. So, from this scripture, we can almost deduce or conclude. Many things come from the third heaven. But then there is something in the second heaven militating against them. Have you heard of missionaries trying to reach a village? They are both capsized and they all died. You see, you don't intrude into territories without praying and receiving a word from God. The spirit will alert you when enough work has been done and that the course is clear. Uneducated zeal has killed many Christians. If God is sending you, for instance, to old crusades and all those things, he will prepare you and he will tell you, you don't just go to any city at any time. You go when the Spirit tells you to go. Remember, when Paul, Acts chapter 13, there were many places, there, there were one or two cities that Paul wanted to go to, and the Spirit forbade them. He said no. Why? Paul wanted to go to a place, the Spirit said no. Wanted to go to the Spirit said no. Meaning that the gospel should not go into this city for now. Why? The Spirit didn't bother to tell Paul why. I believe the Spirit must have told Paul, the course is here to be clear right now. So it's not enough to have zeal. This is why they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's important to learn to wait to pray until you receive a signal that the coast is clear. The coast is clear. You can't just go. Oh, I've seen this too many times. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the angel told Daniel, he said, from the first day, I was sent. He said about the priest of Pasha. So, I just give you, so, Persian Empire, they were able to overcome other empires because there was a principality or the wicked spirit in heavenly places in charge. And the angel gave a very powerful instruction just to let you know that what I've just said now is very true. In verse 20, he said, I am gone, he said, when I am gone forth, that means when I leave, he might say that, I am going back, now I will return to fight with the priest of Persia. He said, I am going back. What happened was that when I started fighting with the priest of Persia, Michael came in to join the battle, so I left to bring the message for you. He said, but I am going back. When I am going back now, the priest of Persia will start the fight again. 
Because I have to pass through his territory. The second heaven where he dwells to get to where we dwell, third heaven. He said there will be a fight again. Then he said that when I go, the prince of Gracia will come. Guess what happened in history? These are open things in history. Shortly after this encounter, under Alexander the Great, Gracian Empire took over the world. The angel prophesied that. He said right now, the demonic spirit ruling the atmosphere of the second heaven is the prince of Persia. But his time is limited. He said because I foresee the prince of Gracia coming. Gracia, Greece Empire. So shortly after that, truly, Alexander the Great conquered Persia and became the world ruler. Men and brethren, that's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. There are many believers all over the world. They don't understand the realm of the spirit. They think everything is limited to what they just see. So they analyze things from a physical perspective alone. No. Brethren, no. No. Some believers might have come up with theories that are not true. But I'm saying, stay with the Bible. So, what we have just read now, so you can see. So, Alexander the Great was able to conquer all the press or kings of the earth then. Not because he was smarter than them. His principality, his prince was in charge of the heavenlies. He was going to be, no, nobody was going to be a match for him. Shortly after Alexander the Great, Roman Empire took over. And believers at that time also the prince of Rome. So they talk about Zeus, they are God, this one, that one. These things are real. So who is the prince of Nigeria? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just saying. The Bible didn't talk about prince of Nigeria, but certainly from this one we understand. I'm just saying that when we intercede, it is to get rid of the authority, of the influence of the spirit. So from over there, they orchestrate things. So who promoted a man? You begin to understand now. Anytime God pulls up somebody. So in Esther chapter 2, Mordecai, Esther was promoted. From a lady, a young girl, staying with her uncle Mordecai. She became the queen. Satan saw it. That's Esther chapter 2. Check Esther chapter 3. Let's read. The king promoted Amman. Why? For no reason. Because Satan has sown that seed in Amman. Of, see, men and brethren, saints can't survive without intercession. We have to pray. Paul said, he said, we wrestle not. This warfare goes on forever. When our hands are up, like I said two nights ago, we win. When our hands are down in the place of prayer, forces of darkness will win. How many places all over the world, where Apostle Babalola and all of them, Kingdom mighty reviver have been taken over by the enemy. Listen to me. What men of old obtained in the place of prayer can only be sustained in the place of prayer. When we stop praying, we lose territories. When men take out their time to fast and pray, to break open a region, and another generation comes and begins to talk down fasting, and go into some funny philosophy, motivational speaking, the enemies will take over the land again. Christianity built on hype and motivations cannot face territorial spirits. Oh, glory to God. Are you following me? For some reason, just said this kind does not go out and say prayer and fasting. Fasting is an important cause in the kingdom. It's important, it's compulsory. It didn't say if you fast, say when you fast. Because what God the answer to, which we'll look at later, maybe not today, was the fact that I want to show you from Revelation chapter 12 how the effect of prayer of the saints they affect what is going on there. So the fasting of Daniel was what pulled Michael to the fight. That's the point. When the angel was trapped and Daniel continued to fast and pray, then Michael came. So the amount of prayers of the saints going on, it has a lot to do with regulating the activities of all the other things going on on earth. It is true. This is why we have to pray. This is, not, it, this is why it's not a waste of time. When say it's old vigil, not to pray that Lord help me pay my house rent, but to pray what Paul said, that thy kingdom be established on earth. That we pray for those who are in government, pray for those who are in authority. 
that we might live a peaceful life. Pray for souls to be won to the kingdom. No matter how eloquent you are and what you say on Facebook or the rest, you yourself, you know. Your message can't save anybody. Yet you will see somebody who doesn't know, according to doesn't as much as you do. But when he's back in the place of prayer, when he preaches, souls are saved. And you start criticizing, you see, he doesn't know Hebrew Greek. With your Hebrew Greek, you don't. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I don't want to pick up, because I just say a lot of funny things on Facebook every now and then. The, the, the times that we are in, and they are calling for a time to pray. All this theory, Antichrist, everything, they are true. Now, now, people might have variations. Of course, we all know the end that this and this will happen. But you see, his impact on that, and his, his, uh, his influence, and how soon it will come, can be altered, can be delayed by saints praying for more souls to come to the kingdom. It is true. One of the things that will pave way eventually is that the love of many will ask cold. Because when saints are praying, the activities of demonic spirits will be drastically brought to nothing. Will be drastically reduced or brought to nothing. Esther chapter 3. Look at this. After these things, when you see a statement like after this thing, check what is the after what things. The whole of chapter 2. One queen being dethroned, chapter 1, chapter 2. One, king being, one queen being dethroned, another queen being elected. Bible says after this, after Esther has now become the queen. After the seed of God, after a child of God is now the king or the queen. After the presence of God is now in the palace, has access to the palace because of a child of God that is there. To put it that way, people of under, under the old covenant. After a covenant child, a covenant person is in the palace. Then look at the next step. What the devil did. What did he do? See what he did. After these things, did King Aesarus promote Ammon, the son of Amadatta, the Agagites? And advanced him and set his seat above the princes. There were who above all princes. The Bible didn't give any reason for his promotion. If you read his tribe, you will understand who they were to the Israelites, Agagites. As soon as the enemy saw Esther in the palace, straight away. A move was made in the spirits, and Ammon was promoted above all princes because he needed that space to be able to do the evil that the enemy had put in his heart. Why did Hitler have that power? And I immediately did not kill any other person, but he faced Jews. Yeah, he, he destroyed so many parts of the world, but his arch enemies were the Jews. And when the lawless man will come eventually also, his hatred will be directed towards the Jewish people. It's very real. Just look at it. Ammon was the only prince who had that seed in him. And he was going straight for Mordecai and for all the people. And then the evil was in him. But thank God, God is faster than the devil. I've always said that God is faster than the devil. Because... Um, God is the only one that has the ability of living the past, present, and the future together. In his revelation of his name, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 1, he said, I am the one that is, that was, and that is to come. Three in one. Glory to God. So the enemy cannot outrun him because he knows what he's doing. And in, in God's wisdom, he did not even let a man know that Esther was a Jewish. She, Jewish. she didn't know. He didn't know. He just didn't know. He had no clue. Until it was too late. Why do the hidden rage and the people imagine vain things? God cannot be overthrown. He cannot. Glory to God. So, But I'm showing you that immediately Esther was promoted, the forces of darkness pulled up Ammon also. But how did Esther, the, the people of God conquer? They prayed. Oh, I, I sense the, the need for believers to rise. Not only because of Corona or anything. Never to go down in our place of prayer. Never. Never to step down our prayer life. Never. We should keep praying. Esther ended up telling all the people in the palace. He said, gather them to fast and pray. 
they fasted and prayed for three days and darkness was pushed back. They ended up hanging a man on the very gallery prepared for Mordecai. Prayer tongues. Oh God. When God finds people praying, this is why it, it, the spirits are disturbed. You put them in a state of disarray. You destroy. You dislodge them when you pray. And whatever they are planning, I don't care what anybody in the world is like. Whatever people are planning, when people start praying, when God's people start praying, it is turned to good. Instead of an outbreak of a disease, it can become an outbreak of a revival, outpouring. That's what the spirit of God can do when people pray. The king did not only stop them from killing the Jews eventually. He ended up promoting them and giving them a space above all other people in his province. And the king had about 120 nations under him that time. He promoted the people of most high God. That's what prayer can do. When there is a threat against a church, against the body of Christ, against an individual, against a family, against a Christian, and you go into a place of prayer, in the power of God, it turns that evil to good. The thing that should bring you down propels you up. Glory to God. Everything capable of hurting you. Inside it also is it, it, it's a blessing in disguise. But it's not automatic. People say it's like just quoting it's a blessing in disguise. It will not be if you don't pray. It is prayer that removes the evil and brings out the blessing that is in it. As people pray. Glory to God. Angels, we have free course to operate when we pray. This is why Paul used the word, we wrestle not. We are the angels. We will come down. Maybe next week we will talk about as this is for a group of people, a church, a nation. It's also for individuals. What is the atmosphere above you like? Obedience to the word of God and spending time in prayer. They open up everything around you. But when you are not prayerful, you allow darkness to come so close. Lift up your hand wherever you are and just begin to pray in tongues. I just want us to do that for two, three minutes. Just pray in the spirit. Pray in spirit. Pray in, spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in spirit. Pray in spirit. Pray in spirit. So caught up here, boss. Pray in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name. You are a young man and you are called into evangelistic ministry. You have wondered for a long time why crusades are not common again. And you have been led to start doing one. You have attempted a few ones before and it didn't turn out well. I'm being led to tell you, you need to belong to a prayer. You need a group of people praying with you. Sometimes, a saint praying over a place is not enough. One person can pray, pray demons and do things, yes, but at times it's better that other people, they should join you. I said this when we were praying that time. Each of the components you need to make a bomb cannot explode by itself, but when they are brought together, they kindle such a great fire. At times you need other people to join you in praying. Yes, Number counts when you have faithful men. No, number doesn't count when you have uh, people who are just paying, paying lip service. But when you have men who are really ready to pray, and you are many in that category, it counts. It counts. 
where the where major works of the spirits have been done on the face of the earth, God did not just use one person to pray. Somebody can start it. Later, others will join. As people begin to pray, something is pulled down, and something is uprooted out. What about when, as a family, you are at home right now? There's a lockdown, which we are praying that should end very soon. How about a family you take time to pray, especially families who have been going through things? Now that when you before you would tell us pray, oh we don't have, oh I'm going to work, I'm going to this. Now that there is a lockdown, why don't you pray? Why don't you take two three hours as a family and pray and experience something unusual? Since we are not going to work, why don't you take one night, just one night, and say tonight? I'm not going to sleep. I want to pray. Why men slept? The enemy came in. Don't, don't, don't use this whole holiday to watch TV. We are people of the spirits. We must understand better. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I remember as Ezekiel was beginning to pray when they were surrounded. An angel of the Lord went and killed 185,000 soldiers. How strong is one angel? We'll look at it later. I want to bring the Bible study to an end here this morning. I believe you've been blessed listening to this. Can I say this? Can you call your friends and tell them about this message? I'm sure you will agree with me that this must go far. People must hear this. Send a video, tag people, share this word with them. It's time to pray. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. We have ability by the Spirit. We have power of the Holy Ghost to pray. Saints can pray. We can change the world as we pray. We can, we can change the world. Satan does not have the final say. God does. And his people. We are the mouth on earth. He said, Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. We have the ability by the Holy Spirit. He gave it to us. When we bind, he binds up there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. We'll bless your name. We'll worship you. All glory to your name. Blessed be your name. Thank you for your word. Help us to walk in the truth of your word. Help us to walk in the reality of it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus. I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, we'll be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.